new show this week. I've got a really good guest, friend of the show, friend of Modern Superior, half of Drink Along, the other half of Drink Along? I don't know. The better half of Drink Along. The half of Drink Along. That's uh, David Follows. Dave's here with uh, uh, a pretty good classic horror film. One of the few times we've had a Canadian horror film. So yay, Canada. And uh, we're going to talk about that and a whole lot more uh, as well. As always, we have a brand new sponsor. Hey, you, you want to see something really scary? You bet. It's Let's Scare Matthew Price to Death with your host, Matthew Price. Uh, we're back for another show. Uh, pretty great show. I'm very much looking forward to this. We have uh, a guest who is also part of our uh, Pottern family, Pottern family, I don't know how to pronounce it, on ModernSuperior.com. <laughs> We will be getting to that guest in a minute. As always, we do have a brand new sponsor. Uh, we have kind of an amazing... I don't know why it's taken so long. Because um, this is a pretty great sponsor. So this week's show is is brought to you by good old-fashioned nightmares. Nightmares, or night terrors, as the kids call them. Uh, uh, because we all have modern parenting to thank for that. Uh, so yeah, so you know, uh, the other day I was uh, lying in bed, uh, which is what I do. Uh, overnight and sometimes first thing in the morning and um you know i had that thing where you think you're awake but you're still asleep or you're kind of dozy asleep and then in my i swear to you from downstairs my wife yelled oh matthew what the hell what did, i shot up out of bed i was like what did i what is everything okay she goes i didn't say anything <laughs> That was my brain telling me it was time to wake up. Oh God, it was terrifying. <laughs> so whether you're whether you're dreaming of yourself, where you look down at your hand and every finger is split lengthwise into two fingers, which is another nightmare I hadn't remember quite well, or your wife is yelling at you, or whatever's happening, nightmares, man, they're foundational, and uh, we really appreciate their sponsorship. Um, a person who's not a nightmare, <laughs> segue, uh, is our friend. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Oh, hello. I'm uh, I'm David Follows from Modern Superior's very own drink along with Dave and Jeremy. I'm the Dave portion. You're the of that, Dave yes. portion of yeah. Though thanks. no one calls me Dave, I'm Dave on my show for some reason. It just sounds. Most people call me David, but yeah, it does. Sound. I think it's, everybody calls you David. It's a little more uh, bar stooly, if that makes any sense. Sure. Which is, I think, what we're going for is a couple of guys sitting on a bar stool shooting the shit. Yeah, which is kind of a great idea for a show. It's a hangout show. It's a, yep. I would say. Yeah. Um, and, you you know, the the nominal point is to sample various alcohols. Yeah. Uh, give them ratings, talk about them. But really, it's just you guys hanging out. It's just fun. us shooting shit, yeah. Yeah. With so beer lubricant. We had your, your partner, Jeremy, is on another show this season. And uh, so that was exciting. And then you uh, picked a fantastic movie. Thank uh, you. Really good choice. And I think our only Canadian... Oh wow! Film. Yeah, I was. I was. Uh, kind of, uh, kind I feel like there that. should have been more because you know there's Black Christmas and others. Yeah. You picked the Changeling. Yes. 1980. Do you? So tell us why? Why did you pick the Changeling? Well, because someone had already taken the Descent. Okay. Because <laughs> that after I saw that film, I was just like, "That's it. Uh, uh, nothing can scare me now." That terrified the bejesus out of me on visceral levels, on every level. I just, I, I'm done. Yeah. So I went to my uh, original. Like, if someone asked me, "What's the scariest movie you've ever seen?" It was like The Changeling, which yeah. I saw in the theater as a, I, a as a 12 year old. And uh, oh, so it, we're 
Are you older than me? I am, yeah. I turn, oh, you're like the I, only I guest. Turning, well, not to be uh, topical, but I'm turning 50 this year. So. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I remember Big the changeling, but I'm almost always older than our guests. So this oh, is nice. Okay. That, nice. Yeah. Um, not when Sam was on. Uh, Sam Agro? No, he's older. No, one, he's a no little, one's older than Sam No Agro. one's older than Sam Agro. <laughs> I'll, we'll make sure we mention that to Sam. <laughs> I feel like he's been an old man for a long time. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so you actually saw this in the theater. So, yeah. uh, so tell me more about that. Uh, well, uh, this is big junior high. So we, you know, that was the age where you're seeing movies every weekend. Uh, we, uh so yeah, went to see it in the theater, uh, scared the bejesus out of me. Cause there's a good, like, it's a good, it's a goosebumps, not a startling movie, but just like a constant goosebumping experience yeah. I found. Yeah. Uh, and it, it stuck with me. And so whenever someone says, you know, what's your scariest movie? It's The Changeling. And to the point where uh, my wife, on our very first date, that was one of the things that came up was we both agreed that that was the scariest movie we had ever seen. Oh, cool. So, yeah. And then we then I found out that her roommate, same thing. And, yeah, so a lot of people kind of in that, that boat. And do you remember being particularly, like, traumatized afterwards? Was that part of it? Not or? traumatized. Just I, I, uh, I think I was old enough that I, I could uh, – um rationalize things but i do remember it just stuck with me and like the so the if it was quiet in the home or something did go boom uh you know if someone started thudding yeah. on the side of our bathtub uh yeah it uh the hackles went up uh yeah i think a movie that screwed me up a little bit more was because i was a bit younger was amityville horror but I don't think that's aged as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's not as scary. But at the but time, it's interesting that they're all ha like basically haunted house. Yeah, yeah, because we all spirit, have that. bad spirits in a house yeah. kind of movie, right? And I think yeah. we all live in a, a residence of some form. Yeah, and so it is possible that we could live in a haunted residence. So yeah, we've we've it's uh, within the realm of we we have in fact been previously sponsored by the house at night. Nice, which I think is another. Yeah. you know, there's a big part of that, um, and I am curious as a 12 year old, did you have did you feel much uh, um, identification with George C. Scott's <laughs> character in this? No, I think probably as much as I still do now. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, he is a, like... A, There's a good half of that movie where he kind of looks like uh, he's a drag queen Angela Lansbury. Where, <laughs> so I do wonder... <laughs> well, it's, it's funny. You could tell there... It's almost like there was uh, two Georges showing up on set. The one that was in his contract that I, I, I smoke. I smoke in this scene. Yeah. So he was either smoking or he was brute... Like... Uh, uh, looking like a lost puppy almost as yeah. much as he can like that yeah. face car carved out of granite can but uh yeah i don't think uh, I, th I knew who george c scott was at the time like it wasn't like he was just, oh, who's this old guy it's like you know because Patton had been when i was even younger it had been like a, like big a movie film, obviously, house. Yeah, and, like, yeah. so we knew who he was and, yeah uh but yeah <laughs> i think even at the time i you know he didn't quite seem perfect for the role and yet he is perfect for the role. And yeah. It's like you yeah. think because his family seemed a bit younger and but then, you know, you grow up and realize, well, sometimes people, you know, have kids when they're Take older. Take a while to get yeah. married. Yeah. 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 And he was, you know, he I, I believed him as a piano player. <laughs> yeah. He's composer. quite. He, uh, it's I think you sort of buy that he's a composer. I think yeah. that's easily, easily sort of. Part yeah. Of and it. I think they they intersperse it enough into the story that it's a, a constant still. It's not just like yeah. they introduce him as this and then you never it never affects the character again yeah. kind of thing so i guess just in broad terms what is the what is the sort of overall story of of the changeling uh well uh george c scott plays john russell i believe his name and he's a composer sure, go with that 
who uh who here's how the, here's how i when i watch movies i'm just like that's george c scott yeah. i don't remember their yeah. character names ever i'm bad yeah names, i think because i watched it last night it's a little more yeah. fresh uh and i did pick up on his name uh and so he's a composer and before the credits even roll his wife and daughter who's probably around 10 or 11 yeah are crushed by a snowplow essentially like in a, 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 a i think is middle it a, of the is it a plow accident. or is it like an oil truck it was just kinda. a big old truck and yeah it, okay. like it, it obviously looked like it was prepared for winter but a car spins out in front of it and it's so to, to avoid, avoid and it doesn't car, see them yeah it, so it hits their car at the side of the road which then hits them and yeah because they're right? outside yeah. the car he's yeah he's calling for help across the street because they've yeah. broken down somewhere in like upstate new york i think it's supposed to be uh, so before the credits even roll, boom, he's, he's, uh, uh, lost his wife and daughter. And so it, and it cuts over all the really grief stricken parts of about four months. Yeah. And it cuts yeah. over to, you know, him moving from New York to Seattle to start over again as, uh, a, uh, I guess he's teaching at a university. He's going to be yeah, it's like music. a guest lecturer or yeah. professor emeritus kind yeah, of. Yeah. At, at his old, I guess his alma mater. Right. Uh, right. so it's kind of a move home for him and a, a start over. And he ends up uh, renting a like a house that had been historically preserved, that but sat empty for like seventy years, I guess. Right, or it seemed like seventy years. Um, and a young, foxy, good-looking worker at the his actual wife. Oh, is is he married to Trish Vanderbilt? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, uh, she yeah she she shows him this house and rents it to him, and uh, as shortly after he things start happening and he starts figuring out that something's. He's being haunted. And this is one thing I really like about the film is that at no point is anyone like, this is poppycock. Like they're all just like, they, they all have like an open mind to like, this is, yeah. this could yeah. be happening. Like he could be haunted. I'm not like, we're yeah. trying, we're, we're looking into possible explanations, but we're not debunking and, it. And at no point, no matter how scary things get at no point, does everyone, anyone ever even remotely consider just not living in the house? <laughs> he continues to go like, well, I, my job is to figure this out. Yeah, it's not a, to leave. Yeah, Obviously, he, someone's in a lot of pain. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> the, he's bonded with this spirit, and he's yeah. he, like he knows it needs something, and I think that's why they have the. Uh, it wasn't just a throwaway, like oh, he, you know, we need a reason for him to move across uh, the continent. It's like no, he's grieving, and he's got a massive hole in his life right now. Yeah, and this spirit has found him and is like help me and all he wants yeah. to do is help a child right now that he can't help so. and the house has been preserved primarily by the largesse of uh the guy the house is shares the namesake with yes which is the melvin douglas character this sort of somewhat evil seeming senator, senator yeah and senator. his and his weirdly inconsequential son Yes. Who exists primarily to open and close the door on his airplane. There's yes. no, he's kind of the Eric Trump, his son. Yes, like he absolutely. just doesn't really do much. Yeah. It's really the old man. But uh, Melvin Douglas, who is a uh, fantastic sort of throwback actor, to, goes all the way back to the 30s. Oh, yeah. In Hollywood. Um, was, and I, I was thinking he's sort of like a cross between, especially when he's younger, he's like a cross between um, uh, like uh, William Powell yeah. and maybe like Don Amici. Like he's somewhere yeah, right in the middle of those yeah, guys, yeah, right? He's this dashing, but a little bit goofy yeah, yeah. and funny. And then as he got older, he became this like pretty interesting. He's in Ghost Story. Yeah, and he's, he's in a the, lot of, you know, playing. You know, there's, <laughs> producer Dan showing me a copy of Ghost Story on his phone. Like, playing, oh, he's in Ghost Story, everyone. And playing an 80 year old, which is great. Yeah, he is yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And he's got an 80 year old yeah. playing an 80 year old. Yeah. And uh, I think he's in HUD. 
with Paul Newman where he plays sort of like a crazy old man and like he sort of shows up in a yeah, lot of he's stuff. he's very recognizable. Yeah, and he's just one of these guys he worked the whole time, it, which you never see actors like continuing, continue, because he yeah. comes out of that 30 style of acting, but he was remarkably supple, like he changed. Yeah. He seems right in style for the 70s. Yeah sort of character yeah. actor thing and he probably had it like probably never showed it but he probably had like a, a song and dance routine he could throw down at Easily. any time yeah right he's Just in the notchka for yeah. god's sake you know yeah <laughs> this my, what a come down eh? he's like and i i danced with greta garbo now yeah. i got this joker <laughs> uh but yeah he's kind of the bad guy really yeah in some ways but like uh uh, I found like a bad guy that you kind of sympathize with because he was a child too. Yeah, the, he's like, like a victim the, of it as much. He's the changeling, but I mean, yeah. he didn't choose to be the changeling. He was adopted as like a six-year-old and thrust yeah. into this position. And it's obviously haunted him yeah. uh, in some in a, a different way, like not not a like a ghost haunting way, but it's internally he's been haunted because he gets so upset when George C. Scott confronts him with it. And it... I thought it had interesting resonances now. So the sort of the full story uh, of this oh, yeah, is that as, as it plays out, this ghost in the house, uh, George C. Scott realizes was actually a little boy who was the heir to the fortune of the family yeah. that built the house. And he has a vision where the little boy is murdered. And he sort of realizes that the reason for the murder was that in order to get the money, the kid was going to have to live to be 21 and he was sickly. So the father murders him rather than take a chance on him. Yeah. Dying murders him when he's young so he can replace him. And that's where the title, The Changeling, yeah. comes so in. The, you grab another kid from the orphanage that looks enough like him. Yeah. Who's the Melvin Douglas character. Brings him to Switzerland for right. some healing so lets treatment. Him, lets the it, war breaks well, out. They don't come yeah, back until he's They say that the kid is sick yeah. and they, they're going to go to Switzerland yeah. to heal him. But really what they're doing is buying themselves some time. So yeah. when he comes back, no one will question that it's the same exactly. person. Right. And they lucked out because the war breaks out. So they don't actually come back until he's 18. Right. At which point, no one's going to question it. Of like, course of not. Of course, yeah. he's, like, he's 18. He's healed. Okay. And moving on. Yeah. Exactly. And that's then this guy's life progresses and he ends up being a U.S. senator and... Yeah, and uh, so all the all the way through, the house has been sort of malevolent because this kid's spirit has not been appeased. So other people have died in it. Yeah, and so there's there's quite a good sort of series of like, well, which one's the ghost? Yeah, I like, like the, the false like, uh, background because they they go to the classic uh, microfiche footage, which. I don't care what you say. I love microfiche footage scenes in movies. movies it's the it's greatest. Awesome. Yeah, and yeah, I love that yeah. they still have an excuse to go back to them because they're like it hasn't been transferred over to digital yet, so they have a reason to pull out an old yeah. microfiche machine in some some uh, some building and pull up uh, uh, plans to a building or uh, old news stories or whatever. Uh, but yeah, in this one, they pull up, they find a story that you know uh, in 1905 or something, this uh, daughter of the homeowner was killed by a coal cart out front of the house. And they're like, well, that's the ghost. Yeah, because yeah. that's very similar to my, or his, his uh, uh, George C. Scott's history because his daughter was killed. Right. By, and so he's like, so that's obviously what's going on. And then that moves on to the uh, seance scene. Yeah. So they have a seance, which is, uh, I think, and the best seance scene ever. It's a very good seance <laughs> scene. And, and uh, because it has automatic writing in it, yeah. it's a very realistic seance scene because you forget like yep. automatic writing is kind of the key to seances and, and channeling what right? a great sound design that oh the, with the sound of the scribbling of the pen on the paper and, and the yeah. paper because it's just and the guy pulling the papers team. away yeah, the husband when she's... that worked together and it's so there's they were so i found them very plausible because they work so well together yeah the way he's turning the page and moving her hand to place yeah. and he's just there to to, to help to guide her, her yeah get this information yeah. out. and i and it's his voice you hear when like she writes something down he says what it says and it's so I think it's, it's always little... good in movies when you can have like a pretty small 
a character that's in and out yep. in like one scene, but you realize how well formed. Like I'm thinking of like there's the two sort of uh, computer nerds in war games. Yeah. Who are like angry at each other in war games, and they they yeah. only have like one scene. I'm like, I want a whole movie of those yeah. two guys, you know, just going on adventures and solving yeah. problems. Well, the Silence of the Lambs, the two uh, yeah. the entomologist guys. Yeah, know. exactly. So like that's the same thing. Like I'm like, oh, they could easily have done a um uh, like um what's that movie with Annabelle the doll in it? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. The, the, the Conjuring. Con- yeah. They could easily have done a Conjuring style movie about just those. That yeah. husband and wife. I wonder if they're actually based on the same couple because apparently this is, I didn't know this until I read it yesterday, that this was based on a true story. I'm not surprised. I mean, so that couple is Amityville, right? So they're the Amityville couple. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they've so maybe. been involved in a lot of things. I just seemed, I, I didn't bother investigating any further than that, but it just seemed like. Yeah. Could, so they, yeah, they come in, they have a lot of credibility. That, yeah. And all, even the fact that like the one guy has the British accent and she doesn't. And like, I didn't even notice they're that. Like, yeah. yeah. So he has a British accent. He's clearly from the UK and yeah. she's clearly not. And again, it's like this thing of like, normally if you were lazy, you'd give them both the same accent or whatever, but it's actually like sells it more because you're like, they seem like a real couple. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. So they, yeah. So then they discover. So, and so the, the really interesting thing about the ghost in it is this little boy who isn't just sort of angry about what happened, but he's actually pretty smart. Like, you know, the stuff with the bouncing ball and like, he's clearly able to communicate with John yeah on a deeper level so that he's actually helping him to help the kid like the kid is helping john to help him yeah right absolutely he's giving him just enough just so it it doesn't a terrify him and make him run out of the house and b opens up things in himself that helps him to 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 further the yeah and he starts he starts investigating he figures out that it's very likely that after they killed the kid that they buried him on this other property that they had yeah because he listens to the seance tape that's right so he has tweaks it so you can actually hear the boy's voice right answering and, the question and does the boy say look in the well or he yeah. just figures out that it's in a well yeah. based on okay yeah he just so they so they go and then in one of the greatest smash cuts i've ever seen they, <laughs> they cut from him so he tries to convince the people that live in the house that supposedly is built over the well that he should tear up their house yes. and find the well and they're like the the woman's like yeah i'm just not sure i'm ready to like tear my house up i hear what you're saying yeah uh, and then the daughter has another a horrendous screaming nightmare yeah. smash cut to the chainsaw going into the, like, <laughs> into she the screams yeah. and it's like, you know, what we cut over is get the fuck over here and yeah. dig up this well, like immediately yeah. right now, <laughs> uh, which I thought was awesome because they, they actually show them go back to that house three times prior to that. One of which, one of the times he goes there and no one's home. He just looks at the mail and then yeah. leaves. Yeah. And then he comes back again in the evening and finds her and talks to her so that whole thing with the male scene and then i love the fact that they then they you know they could have had a third scene where he comes back and she explains it to him but no the smash cut because yeah. I, I think that's kind of the the i don't know if he's a really a genius or just like a, a genius by osmosis uh the director because Peter Medak? he's such, such a spotty career of like a lot of tv stuff yeah not a lot of features but something but I then didn't did realize. Romeo's bleeding and yeah, and, and uh, like species two like, yeah yeah not everything <laughs> is great but he, and he just he's but he was in a first AD for Hitchcock yeah yeah which is amazing like yeah to, the, he's like the second generation of like Hitchcock and you could see Hitchcock all over this totally like in some, like, in, like his he loves his playing with his lenses and stuff and doing stuff and also it's yeah and it's it's shot quite beautifully and yeah. uh, and even like. If you look at the design of the house, it's very psycho house. Like it's got the main staircase that winds up yep. and around, and, and it's three uh, stories. Yeah. and then has an attic. Yeah, an attic, yeah. which is yeah, amazing. Yeah, and yeah. and yeah, and there's there's a lot of um, 
like the scene where he figures out that there's the false door yes in I the love closet that which is like a big reveal that like oh they've actually like walled this off yeah. and he's like there shouldn't be a wall here and i love that he just <laughs> he he discovers it pulls off the one plank of wood and doesn't like then run downstairs call someone and say hey i think there's another like he just says fuck it and starts pulling yeah, yeah. shit off the walls breaking stuff pulls everything down opens up the door and goes off it's like because it almost seemed like in any other film they would have they would have somehow staggered the pacing and all of a sudden like slowed it to, slow it down right, and like no right. we need to get and to also this he point. has he has zero respect for the fact that this is a historical building yeah <laughs> well, he, he is like clearly he, pulling down he's stuff ripping that, as he's like i mean i live here now so yeah. <laughs> so this is where i'll be ripping out this shit that's in my house that yeah. i live in yeah uh <laughs> There's also this great, uh, this whole thing around the historical society and how it may be complicit in this cover-up yes, yeah. and sort of wholly controlled by the senator. And there's the creepy woman yes. that who clearly wants to fuck the senator. Yeah. She wants to fuck him <laughs> and has always wanted to fuck him, right? Yeah, she's been <laughs> she's this, this for old, like 50 years yeah, now. Yeah, she's this old woman who's like... She and she's great because she barely gives enough information. Yeah. And it's always based on like trying to discourage them. Yeah. From <laughs> just glaring at him yeah. while he's having a cigarette. Yeah. But you can yeah. <laughs> You're not supposed to live there. Yeah. Yeah. The house doesn't want people. Yeah. That's a great line. The house just yes. doesn't want people. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's it I I think the other thing that stuck out for me that uh, stuck out for me this time. I saw this movie once before. Yeah. Uh my my first time seeing it was actually very recently, and it, it played at uh, the light box as part of a oh nice either a Halloween last year or the year before yeah. maybe like a Canadian I'm not sure yeah I think it makes a difference seeing it in a theater it does but theater. it was not as effective as seeing it this time okay um, and I was saying to uh, to Dan earlier today I feel like sometimes with horror films and this is one of the, one of them I spend the first time watching them as an adult so caught up in just watching them for the filmmaking and trying to yeah. like see where how things are being put together that I can't actually watch the movie. I do that a lot. De and you the, deconstruct it while you're watching. Yeah. It and you, you end but up so the second it. time I'm actually freed up to just watch it. Yeah. So this time, like when the ball comes down the stairs, man, I jumped. It's and it's and creepy. It's wet. The oh second my God. time yeah. when it comes back and it's clearly wet. Because it's, like, it's oh, been Jesus. in the. Yeah. 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 That, every time just goosebumps when that comes down the ball. Down, yeah. Comes down the stairs. And wet. when they cut to that shot of the of the. um the old timey wheelchair at the top of the stairs. Yeah. Not when it chases her. No. But when they just when cut just to the shot of it there. at the top of the stairs and you're like, Gee, mother. Yeah. <laughs> but then it ends up back in the attic again. I know. Well, I think my, I assume he puts it back. I guess so. Uh, like says, okay, well, in, yeah. So, but again, it's Which a great example. It, it's just a great example of how this movie doesn't need to like, um, you, you buy into. Yeah his whole thing which is like look i'm not leaving i'm gonna find out what's going on here yeah. so no matter how scary and weird it gets yeah it's all he's like well clearly somebody's trying to tell me something and there's the point where the spirit's actually trying to kick him out of the house towards the end and he's just like yeah. what the hell do you want from me yeah, just yeah. Like i getting, did everything like, yelling, you wanted like, tell yeah. me what you want. it's like which yeah. is the exact opposite like most people are just like fuck out and, <laughs> and they would run out but he like actually goes back in during like obviously a a disturbance is a, a, in a <laughs> occurring yeah, he's uh, he's convinced it's not going to hurt him. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Um, there's also a lot of, which I really enjoyed, a lot of stuff about sort of late '70s, early '80s politics and university yeah, yeah. things, and how that all works, and his friends who have hired him. Yeah. And, um, and I just love his lecture, where there's like he's got a lecture he's supposed to give for 12 people, and 600 people show yeah. up. 
to and they're all laughing at every word that comes out of his mouth. Everything couldn't get enough of him. Yeah. 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 Um, do you? Uh, you have a daughter. Yeah. Who turned just turned? She's 10? seven now. She's seven. Is this a movie you're gonna watch with her at some point? Absolutely. This one I'll hold back till she's a bit older. Yeah. Uh, I've been a bit premature with other like more, like action like Star Wars and stuff like that and yeah. Indiana Jones. But yes, yeah, on the scarier level, I'm gonna wait because I don't want to you know. Emotionally I feel like this is a nightmare movie if you is don't play it right. So I might yeah. even wait till she's like 12, like at least yeah. the same age I was. Yeah. So maybe it'll have the same effect. Yeah. yeah. Is it going to, uh, what will you do if she doesn't like it? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the, like she, she, it's more what she will do. She will, even if she likes it, she'll probably pretend not to and then tease me like she does with Star Wars. She's like, no, no, you like Star Wars. Oh, wow. But then she's still like, you know, oh, she'll hear me some... watching Star Wars and she'll come and like, can I watch a little bit? I'm like, of course. But yeah, she pretends oh, to not like them. What so. a cold hearted. Oh, she is. Aren't children she, the worst? Uh, they are. They're monsters. <laughs> they're the monsters, not us. They're the real monsters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And well, just like in this movie, they're no. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I remember when this movie came out, I remember seeing newspaper ads mm -hmm. for it and they always featured the i think it's him at the bottom of the stairs looking up in the wheelchair at the top yes. right and that was the sort or of just then the poster just had the, or silhouette. just the rocking chair yeah and i think there's also another one a picture of him and the ball and like the it's like a family picture but it's split it's right. cracked and then the ball is kind of sitting next to the picture or something yeah. yeah and there's a real sense of like i remember feeling like oh this is like a like a i remember thinking it was sort of like a well-done movie even at the time yeah it's interesting because this is a canadian tax shelter film yeah like through and through yeah right? they spent it, six million dollars of it on it a million of it went to george c scott yeah and i think they ended up having to drop another million on building that house because they had lined up a house the the peter what's his name the uh, medic the, the yeah. director he was the third director on this uh and so they had already picked out a house and he went and looked at it he's like yeah this isn't gonna work and he threatened to walk away from the picture and in the middle of the night, they wow. kind of slid something under his hotel room saying, like, it's okay. Garth Drabinsky slides something under his door saying, it's okay. Well, we're going to do this. We'll, 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 we'll start in New York. And while you're filming in New York, we'll have the house built. Huh. And so, yeah, they ended up building the house. Like, they built a facade, and then they built the one on set of the inside. I wonder, too, um, you bring up Drabinsky, who's sort of a, an infamously yes. famous Canadian yeah. producer. Um, more, more so because uh, he went on to be a stage producer and brought phantom of the opera to yeah. canada and all kinds of other very successful um but also uh wound up in prison for a while and a whole bunch yes. of others he's <laughs> kind of an interesting fellow uh he produced i think like sort of two films in this era this one and atlantic city they're both like yeah. tax shelter films that turned out to be really good i i'm curious uh drabinsky is quite famously himself a survivor of childhood polio Okay. And oh yeah. Uh, so he walks with canes, and I and I wonder if this story and the whole idea of killing your child for being sick. Yeah. I uh, if that's the touched was, him. Yeah, because it's a really, it's such a dark idea. Oh my god! And they they like, don't hold back when they show the child, like the flashback where they show the child being murdered twice. They show it, and both times it's terrifying. Like, it that's is a like real he's kid. struggling. They're dunking and, out of the water, and yeah. they, it's filmed beautifully because like the bubbles coming out of the kid's mouth and nose and stuff it's like it's clear they're not faking it like they've they've dunked this kid under the water and obviously yeah. you know taking precautions another, but the way they've shot it it's terrifying yeah it's, i mean there's another horrifying. shot where he the, the kid the spirit is turning on water in various rooms of the house to like yeah. draw him upstairs and he he fills the bathtub and he looks in the bathtub and you see the yes. kid's face yeah. under the water and you're like oh god <laughs> 
<laughs> it's there were a lot of moments like that yeah. in this where actually they i mean they're kind of jump scares but they're just so earned yeah absolutely that, uh yeah it's oh it's great anyway i do wonder about that whether Dravinsky himself was like you know whether this got any yayas out yeah. for him because i can't imagine it was easy to be a kid who was sick all no. the time you know no um as as a kid who was sick all the time i can tell you my parents tried to murder me many times but they i was i always got away you survived <laughs> i hid at the neighbors um <laughs> there's a movie in there <laughs> my father would chase me around the house wearing that mr peanut costume Ugh, it's dark this isn't therapy no i'm sorry what <laughs> did we are we still recording <laughs> He came into my room. He said, I'm going to cash you. I'm going to cash you. Anyway. Maybe, maybe we shouldn't have done this movie. I, I'm, I've tapped into something. It opened up a lot of dark stuff for me. I... Let's emotionally scar him at the price to death. <laughs> or at least enough to slow him down. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> give us all a fighting chance. Um, he wants revenge. Yeah. So, yeah, it didn't scare me to death. But it's I, I was impressed at how how really very scary it was. And like I said, I mean, I think the other thing, too, is once you accept the sort of trauma that that George C. Scott's character goes through at the beginning. The first time I saw this movie, it felt manipulative. And then the second time it didn't. It felt earned. Yeah. Like, I felt like, oh, they killed his family. Now I'm like, no, that's like a legitimate thing that could happen. And he is, and it's not, he doesn't overplay. No. And it's, maybe it's what opened him up to having a spirit attract him kind of I think so, yeah. was that he was mourning, so. Yeah, like even the fact that he. Kindred spirits. Even the fact that he decides to take that rubber ball with him is presented as like a piece of healing. Like he yeah. he sees the rubber ball, it falls when he's packing to go to Seattle. It's yeah. in a bunch of boxes of stuff not to take. And a very unique style of flashback that was. Yeah, yeah. To, to show the why the ball bouncing would be and then have it finish with, oh, the ball is bouncing in, in his current situation. I yeah. got it. I got yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And he really, uh, he he sort of plays it perfectly. Like Yeah, there's certain know? scenes where it's like he he's perfect. I mean, there's a couple, you know... We, no one's perfect <laughs> there's a couple <laughs> scenes where like it, but i think it's all so well done you 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 don't let it pull you out of the movie yeah like, like same with the the wheelchair chasing scene it could be comedically hilarious but it's still terrifying at the same time then and, to have this wheelchair and also, yeah chasing so she, this woman down she the goes stairs. up to the attic the wheelchair comes at her she runs down the stairs and then eventually man she takes a hell of a fall she down does. the stairs she a like tumble. a really professional yeah. Uh, what looks like a life-threatening fall yeah. down this giant set of stairs, which I assume was a stunt woman, but like, man, it's very It's a good fall, yeah. And, yeah, it's, yeah. and again, it's in some films, they would start killing people off. Like right, that. nobody and really like, dies no, in this. Except yeah, yeah. for the police detective. Yeah. And a, yeah. And a great, another great cut scene where it's just like all of a sudden, boom, like he's upside down bleeding to death. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there, yeah, there's this fantastic cut to, he leaves to ostensibly go get them in trouble. Yeah, to and, get a search warrant. And it cuts to his car upside down with this perfect hole yeah. In the in the in the windshield yeah. that was made clearly by his head. Yes, and he's and he's like upside down and dead in the in car. middle of the road, just upside. But down also car. that shot is pretty crazy because yeah. I don't know what kind of cameras they were using, but that shot starts from pretty much under the hood of the car and yeah. then pulls out. Yeah, and is kind of beautiful. It's very neat, and it's obviously him. Uh, it's uh, I was gonna say Barry Morris. It's the uh, actor. Yeah. Uh, yeah, whatever his name is. Yeah, uh, being hung upside down inside this car. Yeah, uh, was, there's a lot of pretty great, well uh, pretty familiar looking canadian faces yeah. throughout yeah. this i don't know where they shot this i assume it was vancouver, somewhere in, oh it was vancouver yeah. okay yeah. um 
And uh, like even the woman that plays the maid at the beginning of the movie, like the one that's packing yep. up and the ball knocks yeah, over, yeah. that woman was in a thousand yeah. things in Canadian television. Yeah, they're all, everyone looks a little, really familiar in, the yeah, movie, in this yeah. movie. Yeah. And uh, a few of them, yeah, are like Barry Morris is the psychiatrist or the psychologist. Yeah, and I think his friend at the university, the woman, is that Kate Reed or somebody like that who's like... Oh, yeah, I think so, Sort yeah. of like a pretty well-known yeah, Canadian actor. familiar in the yeah. face, but yeah, yeah. put those two together. Yeah, so it's, so it's got all that sort of like... I, I love that this movie sort of exists as this like little snapshot in the history of Canadian cinema. Yeah. Um, and the movie I weirdly associate it with came out a few years later. It's called Pin. The one oh, about yeah, the, yeah. the haunted uh, uh, medical dummy. Medical doll, right? yeah. Medical doll. Because I, I don't know why I put them together in my head, but they feel like they're kind of interesting yeah. linked together in terms of like these, like they're not that many sort of serious Canadian horror. It's a lot yeah. of Canadian slasher Yes, movies, and this but, th- this one came out at the time when, yeah, like, yeah. everything else was a slasher kind of flick. But these kinds of, like, ghost story movies yeah. are pretty good. Yeah. They're, they're, and they feel very Canadian. Very... Yeah, there is a Canadiana to them. Very... Sure. Uh, a lot of snowy shots. Yeah, very white. Yeah. <laughs> but but not in a terrible way. I don't know no. what, what I mean by that, but, like... No, and uh, I mean, I don't know, the director... Gothic, sort of. The director is... I guess a British background, but he's Hungarian. Originally. He's Hungarian, yeah. Uh, yeah. So is Drabinsky. They stick in, together. Yeah, they did Hungarians. a lot of work in no, Britain and. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Canadianness still comes through, uh, yeah. regardless of the director. Um, but I, sorry, I just want to also say uh, there, about his the director's style and that the the way they put the film together, it's so slow moving, and yet that plot flies by like the the first 10 like minutes it advances it's like, and he's advances already in seattle advances. but it's, yeah, it's yeah. like every shot is slow the dialogue is slow it's not like it's not quick it's just all it's just like they they progress the story uh yeah like it's a slow burn with but fast moving at the same time and it's one of these stories that where there's enough story that it feels uh, it feels a bit like a novel like it's got that sense yeah. of like every chapter is a new thing and but it adds yeah. and adds and adds and yeah, yeah and it never i don't think there's a dip in it at all like it, it the bill it builds and builds uh and then you get to a point where it's just like now they've got to solve this amazing mystery so to speak yeah uh, and it, that's what i think keeps you going is you want to know like even if you've seen it you still want to like get to this point like it's rewarding each time they uncover something to get them further it's it's very yeah. rewarding well just i mean i think that's the secret sauce yeah in a in a especially in a ghost story and the reason that i think ghost stories for me are kind of the most satisfying yeah is that they are often structured around look if we can just figure out what happened yeah we can fix this and yep. that's like that's the secret sauce in the sixth sense. And if the story is a good payoff, yeah. Whereas that's I think the problem uh, in a lot of films. Sixth Sense is not a good z- example. Of that is uh, other films is that they'll have they'll, like you're along for the whole ride. And then the payoff is, well, you really you really no, you didn't you did not stick the landing. Turns on that out end. the like, parents threw him in a furnace. Or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole mystery just, solved yeah, right it's, there. It's yeah. just well. not as interesting. Whereas this is interesting on so many levels. Like, yeah. Why? Like the, you know, like the, the yeah. Like I said earlier, he's the yeah. You said he's the the the, the he's the bad guy. The changeling is the bad guy, but he's also the victim. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, there's a whole sense. Uh, the uh, you know, there, this came up recently, and I've been thinking about it a lot. Was um, this idea that a lot of the trouble we get into in societally or whatever is around people not really owning their own stories like not taking full responsibility for their past and i I feel like that's really the theme of this the theme is not you know this is not the horror film where the theme is loss of self which is like a pretty common horror film theme um the fly repulsion other films like where they play on like you yourself are the thing that is the monster and you are at risk take shelters like that right but this is something else this is about um not owning your history 
Yeah. And whether it's a film like Once Were Warriors or this film, The Changeling, or like this idea that your past is the thing that you need to fully confront. Yeah. It's, you know, that's, we just, we did. Yeah, and it comes, yeah, it comes screaming towards them at the end. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's the story in Poltergeist too, right? That's. Yeah, absolutely. They, they don't confront the past. They they built on this place yeah. they shouldn't have built. It's that idea around around the past that it's about if you don't fully believe it and understand it, yeah. that it will come back to get you. Cutting corners it, is never the solution. No, and and that's really and that's really or the killing ter- your son. Sure, of course not. Bad idea. Um, but that's really the terror of the Melvin Douglas character. Yeah, he just doesn't own his past. He doesn't. Yeah, he's he's swept it away as like yeah. not important. And, and when, he, when he's confronted with it, he he just lashes out and yeah, and kind of breaks down. Like yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Okay, well that I mean, is there anything else that you have we missed uh, anything here? That felt like a good round discussion, but I I don't want to leave anything out. If, no, I think that uh, well, there was <laughs> the fr- I'd never noticed this before when I'd seen it that the the executive producers were uh, Mario Casar and uh, Andy Vanya. And, yeah. Yes, pre. It, it, Coralco, but yes, they yeah, were working. But so these guys want to do Rambo in the Terminator films yes. and all that, and yeah. But so, you forget they were just producers, yeah, and, and again, for the Hungarian connection too, right? Yeah, and I think yeah, that's right. And I think they also might have been the Atlantic City guys. I'm not positive, but uh, oh yeah, um, but yeah, they would have been. Yeah, they go on to do crazy amounts. I mean, they're 100 percent responsible for Total Recall. Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Which did that get remade? It did, didn't it? It did. Oh god, yeah. that was terrible. I hope this uh, doesn't I've get already remade. blocked it out. Uh, yeah. uh, I just there was one line that uh, George C. Scott says to the the handyman near the beginning. Oh yes, that's great, Mister Withers yeah, or whatever he, his name he, is. He yeah. apologizes for interrupting. I'm sorry to interrupt your composing. He's like, that's right. This one's already done. Yeah, this and one's already like composed. It kind of that's kind of sums up the film as well in a way. It's like. Like at the end, he could have delivered that line at the end. It's like, that's all right. This one's done now. Yeah, like, that's right. <laughs> we're finished. Right. <laughs> this composition is over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they, they end in a great way with the house. Yeah, just up in flames. Burning to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, now we let's salt the earth yeah, and move on. Changing yeah. as a out-of-body experience and a clutching heart attack. Yes. Fixed. Yeah. Fixed. Finished. Everything. Everyone's where they should be now. <laughs> All right. Well, look, thank you so much. Well, thank for, you for having me. For being really our guest. It. Yeah, this was great and a great choice. Yeah, looking forward um, to season two, listening to it. Yeah, for sure. we got lots of stuff uh, that we've done. I, I'm pretty happy with this as one of them. Um, thank you for uh, you to the, uh, you and the audience that have downloaded and listening to this. Um, as always, you can find us at modernsuperior.com. You can also find David's show, Drink Along with Dave and Jeremy. Um, as always, if you get a chance, click that Patreon link. Help us out at uh, Modern Superior. It really does help. It helps us pay for hosting. Um, and it's incredibly uh, valuable to us to be able to continue to do this work without necessarily bankrupting ourselves. So we appreciate even the smallest donation you can make to Patreon for us. Um, give us a review at iTunes. And uh, keep listening. Lots of scary movies to talk about. And um, uh, and we appreciate you appreciating everyone. So thanks. Talk to you soon. This episode has been brought to you by the Modern Superior Podcast Network. 